Friday Night SmackDown. The debut on Fox is in the books. And boy, oh boy, WWE may have a pay-per-view in just a couple days, but SmackDown on Fox, its debut was one for the ages and pay-per-view level. Some major, major news stories coming out of this one. No, CM Punk did not return tonight, but we had some major action in the heavyweight division. Now, I'm going to start from how SmackDown ended because uh, I think it's really disappointing and we got to highlight this uh, first and foremost. Kofi Kingston, been WWE champion since April, okay? So he held the title April, May, June, July, August, September, October, six, seven month reign. Beat everybody clean. Was booked super strong. Came off the biggest win of his career against Randy Orton. And this poor guy who's been nothing but a good soldier for all these years. Is a guy that got over with the fans. Is a guy that's broken barriers. Is somebody that's been all over Fox Sports properties promoting SmackDown. And we we get to the main event. There was like 15 minutes left in the show. Roughly, give or take. We get to the main event. Kofi Kingston. Brock Lesnar. And Brock just kicks him in the gut. Hits him with an F5. That's it. One. Two, three, and Brock Lesnar is your new WWE champion again. Because we haven't seen that before. Now look, I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan. I think Brock's great. I think he's kind of underrated in some ways because people call him a part-timer, but he always busts his ass when he's allotted to bust his ass, right? When he's not booked in 10-second matches. That being said, You did not need to have Kofi look like just a total job guy like that. Just destroyed him like that. If this was a a new character, if this was like Aleister Black or something that's unknown or something that we we haven't seen squash matches from, something that you're trying to get over. Hell, The Fiend. You know what? This is a finish I would have done for the Hell in a Cell match with The Fiend and Seth Rollins. Maybe a little bit longer, but still similar schematic. But Kofi Kingston, just like that. He was just on Fox and Friends. He was just on Fox Sports. He was on FS1. And he just, you do him dirty like that? Like, come on, man. He's not 1994 Bob Backlund. Okay? Brock Lesnar ain't 94 Diesel. So, you may say, well, Fred, what happened afterwards makes sense. And, and, that, and that's why Brock had to beat Kofi so quickly. But I'll argue with you that Brock Lesnar did not need to win the title. And I'll tell you why. Because after the match... Brock Lesnar was confronted by Rey Mysterio, and Rey Mysterio had a friend alongside him, and it was not his giant child, Dominic. No, 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 no. It was former UFC, two-time UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Kane Velasquez, the man who almost nine years to the day in 2010 demolished the legend of Brock Lesnar inside the octagon to become the first Mexican heavyweight champion in MMA history. Incredible. Incredible. Now, both guys' careers would take different paths. Brock Lesnar, unfortunately, would deal with some serious health issues with diverticulitis. He'd also lose a a bad fight to Alistair Overeem. Eventually came back, beat beat Mark Hunt all these years later, and then, well, he tested positive by, by USADA, and, well, he moved on to pro wrestling and has stayed in pro wrestling since 2012. Cain Velasquez, great run at heavyweight, but unfortunately, 
marred by long periods of inactivity due to injuries. Uh, it's always been said about Kane that he, he's maybe the greatest heavyweight of all time, but the one person that can beat Kane at times is himself because he trains so hard at AKA, at the American Kickboxing Academy, with his friend Daniel Cormier. And yeah, you look at DC. He had a great run at heavyweight. He wasn't injured a whole lot, but Kane, marred by injuries, unfortunately. Still one of the all-time greats. And there were rumors swirling that, hey, maybe he's going to join WWE. You never know. Somebody's got to save Rey Mysterio, right? Kane Velasquez most recently was affiliated with AAA, the top Lucha Libre promotion in Mexico. And this is a huge get for WWE. He came out, took down Brock, ground and pound, or as Michael Cole once intelligently said, pound and ground. Brock Lesnar scurried away. T's coming back into the ring, and then he just he thought about it, and he's like, you know what? Nah, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Uh, we, will, we will see each other at a later date. And it's funny because they, they, they got into this little pull-apart brawl and everything, and it was 9.55. So they had five minutes to kill. So the whole time, they're just staring at each other. Brock's teasing coming in, stepping away, teasing coming in, stepping away. And then finally, mercifully, they hit Rey Mysterio's music, and he celebrated with Cain Velasquez for the big pop. But that was crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Uh, a money angle, but Brock did not need to destroy Kofi Kingston. Now, if you wanted Brock to win the title, at the very least, give Kofi Kingston at least some credibility. Have him kick out a one or two F5. Seriously. One F5, which looked devastating, by the way, but one F5 and that's it. He gave Seth Rollins more credibility. And you know what it shows? It shows that the whole time the SmackDown champion was not on the level of the Universal champion. And it's absolute BS. It's absolute BS. Meanwhile, you can't even give Strowman one freaking title win. But I digress. I thought it was a hot ending. Definitely got people talking, and I'm sure they, they uh, appeased the Fox Sports execs who are familiar with the UFC since they had the UFC rights for seven years. And, yeah, uh, what can I say? Congratulations to Brock Lesnar, now a five-time WWE champion. And uh, what else can I say other than, damn, I feel really, really bad for Kofi Kingston. That, that, that kind of sucks. Anyway, anyway, so we opened the show with a, a great video package, some pyro, a new theme song. The set looked really cool. Uh, I loved the production. It, it was more of a live event feel as opposed to Kevin Dunn cutting the camera here, cutting the camera there, cutting the camera here. Guy walks to the left, cut right. Guy walks to the right, cut left. Like it, was a, it was a little bit more stable. There were still a few too many crowd shots for my liking during the matches, but Overall, a significant production improvement. And they tried to treat this seriously, but we did get a little bit of that WWE wackiness. Maybe a little too much. More on that in a second. So we had the opening of the show, which featured Becky Lynch coming out, hyping up the SmackDown crowd in Los Angeles at the Staples Center. Shout out to my boy Jamal, who was in attendance for the show. And then King Baron Corbin in his full Baron Corbin outfit, looking like he borrowed a 2010 King Sheamus's outfit, interrupted Becky Lynch and said, hey, you're all here to see me. All you people, you should bow down to me. You know, the usual King BS. Until he was interrupted by The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I can't do this promo justice. The Rock played all his greatest hits. It doesn't matter what you think. You know, know your role and, and shut your mouth. He talked about the history of SmackDown and laying the smack it down on that candy ass. He, he, he talked all that. Becky Lynch would chime in as well. Uh, the Rock said, you know, you don't see Becky Lynch walking around with, with, with her balls up to her waist. And then Becky just quickly uh, quipped, you know, but they're bigger balls than yours. And everybody's like, oh, 
And this segment went a little while, uh, maybe a little too long to, to open the show. I mean, it's called SmackDown, and you don't start it with action, but it's The Rock. The Rock gets a pass. He's the biggest star in the world, and this was a hot way to start the show. Rock gave him a rock bottom, people's elbow. Becky Lynch kicked his ass as well. And uh, from there, we got rolling. And actually, I also mentioned we the opening opening of the show was Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon coming out, uh, revving up the crowd before the video package and opening pyro, which was pretty cool. And hey, I mean, they, they got a huge deal here. Whether you like them or hate them, securing over $2 billion in TV rights to get on Big Fox for SmackDown, which has perennially been the B show in Daddy B land. Yeah, that's huge. It, it ain't the B show anymore, my friends. It ain't the B show anymore. So we started things off as far as in-ring action with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair defeating Bailey and Sasha Banks. Crowd was hot all night. Charlotte submitted Bailey for the win. Good, good, good TV match. I, I wouldn't say it's like, oh my God, blow away or anything. I think they had a better match a, a few weeks ago on Raw, but really good stuff. Uh, I'm happy that they had a chance to open the show, be a part of history, the four horsewomen who have been so revolutionary in WWE. So I'm definitely looking forward to Bailey versus Charlotte eventually and officially looking forward to Sasha versus Becky inside Hell in a Cell. We then had Aaron Andrews of Fox Sports and ESPN fame interview Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Big E. Uh, man... This is the same criticism I've had of, of Kofi's title run from the jump. I love that he's champ. He, he was champ. Uh, I love that he's such a likable guy and has good matches. Uh, I love that he appeals to, to so many fans and just, just overall just has that you know, natural charisma. And as a dude, this is really likable and you want to see him succeed. But there's times where you got to not shake your ass. There's times where you got to not throw the pancakes. And one of those times is the night you're wrestling Brock freaking Lesnar and now knowing what we know now that Kofi just got annihilated by Brock Lesnar I would have liked to have seen at least a teeny bit more seriousness from him going into this match they did the the hip swivel the WWE world heavyweight champion I'm sorry to say Aaron Andrews is fantastic at her job needs a little bit more rhythm although I'm one to talk and uh, yeah there we go in the crowd they showed WWE Hall of Famers Kurt Angle Mick Foley and the lineal boxing heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, who may or may not be fighting Deontay Wilder, depends how his next fight goes. But uh, he was looking good in his uh, it was like a kind of like a white gray suit, wasn't wearing a, an undershirt. I mean, hey, when a, if you're in that great of shape and you're six of seven and one of the heavyweight champs in the world, why not? I'd be rocking it too. We also had Hulk Hogan and uh, Ric Flair in the crowd. So this is where we got some of the wackiness of WWE. We had the New Day promo, which I thought was a little much because you got to remember. You got to remember, folks, this is the first SmackDown on Big Fox, which means a lot of lapsed fans and a lot of potentially new fans were watching this. Okay, You want to be taken a little seriously. So Seth comes out, presumably to cut a promo, when Bray Wyatt interrupts, and he does the whole Firefly Funhouse spiel, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And I'm somebody that's a fan of the Firefly Funhouse. I thought it just went a little too long. I would have liked a short and sweet one, like two minutes, where... You know, they, they, they zoom in on Bray's face, and then like the and then the light flashes, and it, and it shows the fiend. Like, that's cool when he says, run. You know, something like that. Something like that. I, I don't need anything that's, uh, you know, elaborate or whatever, but instead it just kept going and going, and it, it got to one sock puppet and another sock puppet or whatever. You know, I don't know, puppets, string puppets, whatever you want to call them, Muppets, Bray Wyatt Muppets, Buppets. 
Okay, so one bumpet was locked in a red cell to symbol, symbol, simplify, easy for me to say, symbolize the red hell in a cell, which means the red hell in a cell is back. Ugh, it's going to be easy on the eyes. And then they had some fake Tyrannosaurus Rex that he probably stole from Tommy Pickles and Rugrats. And the visual was the dinosaur eating the hell out of the uh, bumpet. Okay, cool. And then Nakamura just came out with Sami Zayn and we eventually had a match and uh, th this match was going on. It, it was decent. Nothing spectacular. Perfectly fine. And then the lights went out. The Fiend came out. He gave a mandible claw to Seth Rollins. Threw him off the stage. And it wasn't really that hot, far of a drop. But you know, it looked serious you know, in the dark. And then the usual fade to black. You hear his uh, laugh. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's your hype for Hell in a Cell. Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins. I think less is more with Bray. I think they've gone really strong in the direction that Bray's going to win. And I know we just saw a squash match for the championship, but I really hope Bray wins. Because whether you want to actually see Bray Wyatt wrestle or not, the reality is they've put so much money, so much time, so much effort into this new gimmick. He has as well. Kudos to him. And I have no idea if Bray Wyatt's improved in the ring. I have no idea if I'm going to see a great Bray Wyatt singles match again. There were times in his career where he did have some really good to great singles matches. And then there was just a period where he became the new Kane. And the matches were just ugh, underwhelming to say the least. The storylines were ugh, cringe to say the least. It was, like, it was like Kane gave birth to him one day in Knoxville, Tennessee and forgot about him all these years later. And that's how bad the storylines were. So I actually hope that Bray fulfills the prophecy, dominates Rollins, Wins the title. Fans are reacting to him. He's selling a lot of merchandise. He's the featured star in Daddy B2K20 as far as downloadable characters. So why the hell not, right? He could always lose the title at TLC, not get pinned or whatever. Seth could grab it from a ladder. Whatever the case may be. But I think he's got to win because if Seth just beats him, just like he beat Brock Lesnar, just like he beat Braun Strowman, it's like, okay, now what? And in the case of Seth Rollins, he's been booked really well too since WrestleMania. But he's also not been booked that well because there's still times where he comes off as kind of a dork and uncool. And I've had some people say he doesn't come off very masculine. And, you know, that, that that's subjective. Uh, I think he's had really good matches, but it hasn't helped that he's feuded with the likes of Baron Corbin. It doesn't help that his feud with Brock Lesnar was kind of a retread. It doesn't help that he had the same old tired storyline where tag team partner versus tag team partner Braun Strowman. And it doesn't, it doesn't help that he beat Braun Strowman, despite the fact that Braun Strowman gets bigger crowd reactions. Oh, well. Whatever. But, uh, hey, WWE will do what they do. I don't want to get uh, proactively pissed off here. Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon in a loser-is-fired ladder match in the match of the night. This was an excellent match. Really good stuff. Uh, crazy chaos. Powerbomb. On ladders, of both guys going through ladders, flying elbow by Shane McMahon on a Kevin Owens through the announcer's table. I fear for both of these men's long-term health, especially Shane McMahon, who's getting close to 50. Kevin Owens powerbombed him on the ladder, climbed up, grabbed the contract. He got the win, and Shane McMahon was stunned and fired. This was perfect. I wish they did this at SummerSlam. I wish they did this months back, maybe even at WrestleMania. It, it just kept going and going and going and going. But nice resolution to the story, assuming, assuming that Shane McMahon 
is gone for good, or at least, or, or at least gone for a prolonged period of time. We shall see. This was some good stuff, though, and then a great effort by both men. Caleb Braxton interviewed Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman put over Brock Lesnar attacking Rey Mysterio on Raw and his giant man-child Dominic. And he said it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler that Lesnar's going to win the WWE title. Shocker. We had a random eight-man tag. They tried to cram so much in this two-hour show. Braun the Strowman, The Miz, and Heavy Machinery. My guys Tucker and Otis, who's my favorite WWE superstar. Love that guy. Uh, he They defeated Randy Orton, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, and AJ Styles. I believe it was Ziggler who got pinned. AJ Styles, Orton, Ziggler, Rude, Miz, and Heavy Machinery did not even get entrances. Only Braun Strowman did, and they were already in the ring. So that shows you how much time was cut, or that they were you know lacking, I should say. Towards the end of the match, Braun Strowman goes up against Tyson Fury and tries to square up with him. And Tyson's like, what, what, what the hell are you doing, uh, Sunshine? And Braun's like, you want these hands? And Tyson's like, I want these hands. And so Braun got back in the ring. Tyson looked like he was going to get involved. He didn't. Braun destroys Ziggler. After the match, Fury has to be held back by security because he wants to give Braun Strowman these hands. I didn't know we were getting Fury versus Strowman at one point. I didn't know I wanted Fury versus Strowman. But, hey, why the hell not? They're doing nothing else with Strowman right now. Tyson Fury needs something to do before he fights Deontay Wilder. Allegedly. So, why not? Why not? It's wacky. It's pro wrestling. It's cool. And it's a great sports crossover, which I'm sure Fox was thrilled about. Although, I don't, you know, now thinking about it, I don't know if ESPN was thrilled about that because Top Rank is with ESPN. They're trying to sell buys with, with ESPN. You know, they're trying to sell pay per view buys with ESPN. And I'm pretty sure Fox Sports is with PBC, which is a, a rival promotion. So, uh, very interesting there. Although, you know what? Tyson Fury was seen by more people here than he probably has been in a while. So maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe they're not that mad about it. It's good exposure. Although, although uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen as far as Tyson Fury is if he's going to be allowed to fight or not. I know, I know with Floyd Mayweather he made his own deal and everything else with, with the Big Show, but uh, a lot's changed. You know, he, Floyd made that money, but there's a lot of money riding on Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Canelo, and all these guys now with these different streaming services and, and TV rights. So, will be interesting to see. Roman Reigns beat Eric Rowan in a lumberjack match. Yeah, they they showed they they showed us the what should have been the payoff at, for Hell in a Cell tonight, where Roman just beats him clean. The lumberjacks, uh, there were quite a few of them, hard to keep up, but they had the Viking Raiders, the Revival, Andrade, Ricochet. I, I think Ali w w was amongst them too. Luke Harper made his way to ringside. All out chaos. Daniel Bryan got involved. But it was eventually Roman Reigns hitting that spear to pin Eric Rowan. This was fun while it lasted. Crowd was hot, again, throughout the whole show. And then we had our main event, or as some people would call it, the lame event. And it was Brock Lesnar absolutely, positively, motherfreakingly demolishing. Ugh. Poor Kofi Kingston to win the WWE Championship and then get confronted by Kane Velasquez. So overall, I got to say, this was jam-packed. This was chaotic. It was nonstop action. 
it, it was a little much. But I, overall, I got to give SmackDown, the first SmackDown, October 4th, 2019, on Fox, a massive thumbs up. But I hope that they tone down on the wackiness. Sometimes, less is more. The Baron Corbin King stuff, okay. That was funny because Rock and Becky destroyed him. Kofi Kingston gyrating his hips before he's going to fight the most baddest man on the planet. Eh, tiptoeing the line of, of absurdity. The the Firefly Funhouse when it just got, you know, going and go, it kept going and dragging and, and just, yeah, that, that was a little much. That was a little much. If they're going to grow their audience, and, and the key word is grow, you got to be taken a little bit more seriously. Sometimes with the comedy, less is more. But I do think they did have enough action. They didn't have enough of a hook to keep you engaged from hour one to hour two till the end. Whether or not that'll happen the following week, the week after that, who knows? The WWE draft is coming up. That'll do a big rating. Maybe the, the SmackDown after the draft will do a big rating. But I think the real story will be not today or not tomorrow, not next week, but a few weeks down the road, a, few, a couple months down the road. Let's just say by February. And I think that's going to be a big story for AEW too. It's great now when your show debuts, whether it be you know, WWE as an existing property or AEW as a new property, and you do great. That's awesome. You make a great first impression, but it's about what happens in the long run. So we shall see, but man, hell of a show. As far as other news goes, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Hangman Adam Page and Dustin Rhodes is set for AW Dynamite next week. Will Random? Why not Cody Rhodes? But that's going to be taking place October 9th in Boston and live on TNT Wednesday night. We have the Young Bucks next week taking on Private Party in the Tag Team Title Tournament for AEW. As far as WWE news goes, whew, not a good story involving Jeff Hardy, WWE legend. WWE superstar Jeff Hardy was arrested. Whoa, what's going on here? That's an ad plan. All right, that's weird. WWE superstar Jeff Hardy was arrested for DWI again. Uh, the story goes here that he was arrested Thursday around 11, and he was released around 11.30 p.m. later that night. This is his second arrest in 2019. He had an incident in South Carolina back in July. I believe that was for public intoxication. He also had a March 2019 incident where he got into a single-car wreck. Somehow, someway, this dude stays employed and doesn't end up in prison. Now, I love Jeff Hardy. One of my all-time favorite wrestlers. I'm sure he's a really nice guy, and, and I'm sure he's a good family man, all that jazz, but he's had problem after problem after problem, and he's very lucky for the way he looks. He's very lucky for how much money he's got. He's very lucky he's Jeff Hardy because I think a lot of other people might have ended up in, in, in jail by now. And at the end of the day, if he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to harm somebody. He's going to harm himself, and, and it's not going to end well. It's just not, and... Look, I'm super sympathetic to addiction and all, all kinds of mental issues and, and drug issues, and I hope and pray that he he does great and everything works out for him. But it, it, this is getting to the point where it's, it's been, what, like a decade-long period now where he's just had issue after I mean, more than that, like 15 years, issue after issue. I know it's a work in progress, but at the very least, somebody's got to get in this dude's head and be like, yo, man, you're rich. Hire a driver. Don't drive. Take away his license. Take away his keys, like something. Put an ankle bracelet on, so, or whatever. One of those things, like in the, in the car, like if you get like multiple DUIs to keep track of you. Something, okay. 
Because it's not going to end well. This isn't a hate on the guy. This isn't a be somebody that's, oh, I'm a law-abiding citizen. This is just keeping it real here. Because something bad will happen if he keeps going. It's bad enough things are happening to himself. Get behind the wheel of a car and you're effed up. Bad things will also happen to other people. And uh, the people of North Carolina and anywhere else he's driving don't deserve that. So, and neither does his family. So uh, what can I say other than I wish him the very best? As for WWE, they released a statement saying, quote, Jeff Hardy is responsible for his own personal actions. All right. Okay. That's it. I know he's Jeff Hardy. I know we all love him because he's a legend, but that that's it. All right. Speaking of questionable things, during the broadcast of Friday Night SmackDown, we had a advertisement for Fox News' streaming service. It's their premium service. If you can't get enough of Fox News, and I don't know why you wouldn't say that as sarcastic as possible, you can sign up for their streaming service, and cool, okay. Whether you lean on one side of the spectrum or not, okay. Whether you like cable news or not, I don't really like it too much, okay. But they had Brodus Clay promoting this. If you don't know, Brodus Clay, a.k.a. Tyrus, has a talk show on Fox's streaming service. Now, you might be wondering why I may not be a fan of this. And it's not really a political thing. But Brodus, a.k.a. Tyrus, was accused of his own co-worker and colleague. And I think this is a multiple-time incident. Or, yo, this is reoccurring, recurring incidents. He's been accused of sexual harassment. And last time I checked, Brodus was going to be put on ice by Fox. And I, I happen to watch my TV, and I see him on there. And he's still got a show. Okay. And he's promoting their streaming service. While being a guy accused of sexual harassment. All right. Cool. N not not a good look in my humble opinion, but whatever. What the hell do I know? I, I ain't spending that money. But uh, yeah, not the optic. The optics weren't good. I'll I'll just leave it at that. There's also rumors of Edge coming back to wrestle. I believe, according to the Observer, he did sign a new deal. And it looks like he's going to be training. And if you've seen his pictures on Instagram, I mean, the dude looks jacked. And not jacked in a sense of, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta get in shape for Vikings because I'm playing a Viking warrior. No, no, no. This dude looks like he's ready for an in-ring return. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But you got to remember something. Right now, we're in a war. AEW, if you don't know, did 1.4 million viewers smashed NXT in the ratings, smashed NXT in the 18 to 34-year-old demographic. Actually, I think 18 to 49-year-old, even worse. I believe the only category NXT AEW in on Wednesday night was viewers over 50. That's 50. That's people like my dad's age, and that's cool. Nothing against people my dad's age. But I'm pretty sure they're trying to cater to people that are a little bit younger around my age range and you know younger than that. So kudos to AEW. Much like SmackDown on Fox, I'm sure it'll do a big rating. It remains to be seen where it goes a couple months down the road. It also remains to be seen how the hell they're going to book this stuff. WWE has an insane amount of talent that they've unfortunately unintentionally buried with some of the illogical booking they've had over the years. But it's never too late for them to get their act together because at the end of the day, talent-wise, they are rich and cash-wise. You're damn right they're rich. AEW doesn't have that luxury. Are you going to keep giving away big matches week in and week out? Or 
Are you going to try to pace it a little bit more? Make it more of an old-school approach. Build up to those tentpole events. I think they will eventually, but... Yeah, I know the inclination is, hey, we got to have a big match each and every single week. But sometimes you got to pull back just a little bit. And, and, I, and I think, too, even though SmackDown was a fun show, an action-packed show, if you have too many of these shows, eventually it becomes white noise. And you forget that Kevin Owens took a bump off a ladder. You forget that The Rock debuted or you know, returned because so much other stuff happened. And I feel like that's more of the case with WWE lately. But I fear that could possibly be the case with AEW. So hopefully they learn the lesson or understand the lesson. I know people in the company do, but hopefully more people within a company understand the lesson of sometimes less is more and less is best. Other than that, Tom Phillips at the moment will be commentating for NXT UK. Not really sure what Byron Saxton is going to be doing. Maybe he's going to be doing some more backstage stuff. 205 Live, from what I heard, was canceled? at least temporarily, and they're airing a rerun. The future remains in doubt. I know that Drew Gulak's going to be defending his Cruiserweight title next week on NXT. So uh, a lot of questions, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of contracts, a lot of brands right now. Even the SmackDown brand up in the freaking air. But uh, yeah, going to be pretty interesting. So before I go, let's go to some of the comments here. Scott, you look tired. Well, I'd like to think I look pretty damn good, even though I'm a little tired. Yeah. Floor, for those wondering why I haven't done a lot of live shows lately, my floor flooded. May see it flooded. Uh, it, uh, my area where I record is nearby. That got affected too. And it was just a nightmare long scenario of just going through insurance and dealing with different contractors who effed up and you got the wrong wood and got this and got that. But I'm happy to report that just before SmackDown, my floor has been redone. So thank you to Lowe's and thank you to uh, David, whose last name I will redact. Y'all did a great job. And, yeah, also, I'm coming off of Comic-Con, folks. I was at Comic-Con. I did not get a chance to attend the AEW panel. By the way, Cody Rhodes and Jericho brawled at, at, a, at the AEW panel at Comic-Con, I should say, on Friday. But I was there Thursday, and soon to TSC News, coming soon, is the Headlocked Comic Panel, which features our good friend, Headlocked Comic author, Mike Kingston, who's had a great series over the years, which is also co-written and illustrated by Jerry the King Lawler. And that panel featured Mick Foley and WWE legend Gangrel of the Brood. So that'll be coming up all this weekend. So yeah, a little tired, my guy. Just, just a little bit. Orlando Jr. says, I like the Cain Velasquez and Tyson Fury involvement. It's better than Michael Che and Colin Jost of SNL fame for Braun. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind that either. It was, it was perfectly fine. I thought Colin Jost was a great heel. Isn't he married to Scarlett Johansson or getting engaged to her? That guy is like living proof that you're, you're never, you're never, nobody's ever above your league after that. That's all I got to say. Ronald Perez says, poor Kofi Kingston. That was rough, real rough. When, watch, when I was watching Kane come out, I was saying I wish they would play CM Punk's music and CM Punk comes out. There have been strong rumors uh, reported by Wrestling Observer Newsletter that CM Punk has been trying to negotiate doing a WWE backstage role with, well, WWE backstage. Not really a backstage role, but be, being an on-air personality for backstage. And whether or not he'd actually be backstage or at a desk, I don't really know. Some people kind of disagree with Punk's way of going about this if he wants to get back to WWE. On one hand, if there's still hard feelings and Fox wants him on that WWE backstage show, which is going to be kind of like their version of UC Tonight, it could force WWE's hand to use him. On the other hand, maybe it could hurt his, hurt his bargaining power. 
Now, another thing, and this is something I've heard because I, I see a lot of questions here about AEW and CM Punk. Based on what CM Punk has said publicly and based on what I've heard, I'm not saying that bridge is burnt, but I get the inclination that CM Punk at the moment, present day, Phil Brooks would rather do business with the devil he knows than the devil he really doesn't know. Not to call Tony Khan a devil, it's a figure of speech here. Vince McMahon might be a literal devil, I don't know. To briefly recap you on what happened, CM Punk got texted by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. They texted him an offer via text. And never mind the fact that this is one of the biggest wrestling stars in the world. Go through proper uh, channels. Reportedly, they offered him a number he didn't like, which I'm going to assume based on a lot of context clues that is probably a salary lower than what Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Brandy Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes are getting. All who happen to be VPs, uh, Brandy actually being the chief branding officer. So if you're CM Punk and you look at that number and you know what other guys are getting paid in WWE to stay away from AEW, when you look at all the dudes that are getting that Saudi money, no matter how you know, badly you feel about that, when you think about the fact that I believe he made a million dollars for two fights in UFC, maybe more, I'm sure more given the fact he also got you know, the video game stuff with EA UFC and, and, and all that jazz. And you're going to look at this number and you're going to say, okay, wait, 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 wait. All these dudes except Cody are relative unknowns to a majority of the North American audience that's not hardcore. And I've a way bigger star than Cody and you're offering me less. And you're doing it via text. Yeah. Not a good look. And I can see him at this stage of his career when he's got a beautiful, talented wife who's getting her own money. When he's got his house and cars paid for. When he's already filthy freaking rich. I can see him saying, you know what? If I'm going to come back, I'm going to come back on the biggest stage. So things could change. A lot changes. We just saw Kane freaking Velasquez debut in WWE. Uh, but my prediction right now, and I think it's a safe one, is that CM Punk eventually comes back to WWE. There's a part of me that doesn't want to see him come back because they were such dicks to him between suing him, costing him tons of money, breaking up his friendship with Colt Cabana, everything. Filing the lawsuit, and I believe he got, he got the paperwork on his wedding day. Pathetic. Pathetic. But time heals all wounds, I guess, and millions and millions of dollars heal all wounds. Well, most wounds. We shall see. Ahmed Ali says, do you think Raw is still the A show? Hell no. Not, not after tonight. Definitely not, especially if they're integrating Aaron Andrews and a lot of Fox Sports personalities and maybe even Joe Buck. No, I, I could definitely see SmackDown being the A show going forward. Where do you see Kofi going from here? Maybe a rematch in Saudi Arabia or Hell in a Cell. And unfortunately, I don't want to say back to the mid card. Uh, but it's going to be a while before he's back in the title picture. Okay, Scott Anderson says they had Lana and Lashley, uh, the red carpet together. Talk about living the gimmick. At least somebody does, right? At least somebody does. Rather than saying, oh, I'm, I'm a performer. And nothing wrong with that either. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having your real name on social media and you know, being just the real life you. Braun Strowman does that. But I don't know. Sometimes it can take away. If, if put, it, put it this way. If you're Bray Wyatt and, and you're filming yourself you know, getting Easter eggs. I mean, I guess it fits his character now. But okay. Undertaker. If Undertaker was was hanging out with the Easter Bunny on Easter or uh, you know doing cartwheels or, or something, it'd look a little weird. 
Yeah, he's on Instagram, but you know what? He's taking selfies with Post Malone. He's showing off his gun collection. You know, at least it's somewhat on Undertaker brand. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes you want to stay at least a little bit in character. Leave the a little bit of illusion there. You don't have to peel the whole curtain back. But I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. John Groves says, I can't believe Brock won the title. WTF! My friend Deb and Brian say, stop resurrecting these old-ass stars and build up new ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My friend Deb says, I don't like Kofi. He's too clownish with his damn pancakes in that tuba. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that watched Kofi Kingston for the very first time, and he was out there shaking his ass, twerking, not taking Brock seriously, and losing in 10 seconds. Now, the entrance part, he can control. And he could say, you know what, guys? I'm going to be a little more serious tonight. But he didn't. That's on him. The losing in not even 10 seconds part, that Denny B could have controlled. He could have at least hit the trouble in paradise, tried to get a, a quick flash pinfall, kicked out of a couple F5s, and got the pin. You don't have to protect the F5 anymore. We know it's devastating. But instead, he did him dirty. I'm not going to say the eroded... All his hard work over the, and their hard work over the last few months. But they might as well have, building them up. And there we go. Anyway, folks, I think I'm going to get on out of here. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you did, please like, share, take care. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page. Please enable notifications for more live updates like this. You can also check us out on our podcast feed. We're on Spotify, Google, Apple. You name it, we're there. Except for iHeartRadio. I'm not sure, sure why that's the case. So I'll have to... Have Braun Strowman give them these hands and get them to distribute in our podcast. But pretty much every other podcast platform, we are available out there. We thank you so much for the time. Until next time, everybody, as always, enjoy the matches. And Kofi, get some ice, bro.